Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. Happy Friday, all. It is June 5th. I can't believe how quickly this year is moving with or without us, right? With everything that has happened over the last few months, time just won't stand still. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. I know with infertility, every month you feel like that is another month lost, gone, and you might feel that you're not steps closer to creating your dream family. The beginning of the month means that I have a few new coaching spots available. So if you are ready to take control of your fertility health and get a really customized 30-day action plan that is just for you, then go over to www.findingfertility.co. Check out the ways I can support you through your journey with or without functional testing. It's really up to you and where you want to go with your journey. Most people that come to me have really already done it all and something just still isn't clicking and that's my job to help you find where those missing pieces are and help you put them into place so if you're ready to take control head over to the website findingfertility.co check out the coaching packages and get in contact with me sign up today because spaces are limited i only take on a few clients a month so if you want this month to be your month go sign up today Now, without further ado, let's get to today's talk show where we are talking all things emotions because this coronavirus has got us emotional. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. We are back with another talk show. Super excited to have the girls back on. Let's go around and introduce ourselves. Go ahead, Devin. Hi, I am Devin Baeza, the fertility finance coach. I help women make, save, and manifest money to fund their fertility. Sarah? I'm Sarah Clark, founder of Fab Fertile and host of the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. And we, we have access to functional lab testing and help uh, couples make diet and lifestyle changes. And I am Dr. Emma Brzezinski. I'm a therapist and fertility coach, and I help women with the emotional and spiritual aspects of their journey. And I'm Monica Cox. I help you explain your unexplained infertility. And we are here today talking about emotions. And it has been a long few weeks for the entire universe. So we wanted to come on and talk about emotions because even when you have a grip on your emotions and you have some really good practices that you can help yourself get through the really hard times, shit still goes down. You still get pissed off. I I swore at someone yesterday (laughs) underneath my breath because now you have to be, you know, doing certain things because of COVID-19 and it's just getting a little bit frustrated, right? We've been stuck indoors for a really long time and I've seen some of the clinics reopening, some of them aren't. So everyone is kind of still in this very big gray zone and we just wanted to maybe give you guys a little bit of a pep talk on how important it is to keep up these practices during this time. So emotions. I know for me, I did not take control of my mental health until really far into my journey. I honestly didn't even know it was a thing. (laughs) I didn't even know that 
your mental health actually affected your physical health. And I like it really struggled to get into meditation. It took me over a year to get into yoga. Like it was really hard because it's such a slow practice. But once I started changing my mental health and my mental outlook, my whole journey shifted. Did anyone else find that in their journey? I didn't discover, like, I didn't discover anything until I was way past my journey. So <laughs> I was 40 and fully in menopause until I was, then I'm like, oh, really? Like, and I think along the way, like, I discovered life coaching and all of that. And that was my, my wake-up call. But meditation, and although when I, when I say this, I did, like, 25 years ago when no one was really doing yoga, I was doing yoga, but I'd kind of go in and laugh because everyone was so serious. And now, you know, there's yoga studios around every corner. So, and my mom was into transcendental meditation 35 years ago because she's been a vegan for like over 30 years. So I remember her doing that transcendental meditation and I was, tell me your mantra, like tell me your secret thing. And she wouldn't tell me. And so she was exploring all these things like handwriting analysis and palm reading and all these different things. And I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. But I, I was not quite yet into any of that spiritual mindfulness, any of that at all. I was completely disconnected. You know, for people who don't listen to this regularly, you were told at a very young age that you couldn't have your biological children. And it was a relatively easy journey, but you still had to do a few different rounds of IVS, find different donors. What were your coping mechanisms then? I don't know. I always had this knowing in my heart that it would work. I, I am an optimistic person. So I went in there and I'm a planner. So I had the plan A, plan B. If it didn't, I was going to travel around the world because basically, you know, both my kids are from donor eggs. So you know, the only time I kind of broke down, it didn't break down when I received the, the diagnosis. Obviously, I was in shock, but I went into action. Looking back, as doc, like, there, is, there is some time to grieve. There is some time to like, wait a minute, connect into, because I was so disconnected from my body. And then the only time I broke down was when I wanted to get a dog during this time. My husband's like, no, we're not getting a dog. I don't want the responsibility. I'm like, oh, gonna, I want a dog. And so we got the dog. But that was the only time where I like broke down, which, and there's a whole thing, actually, when I gave birth to my daughter, I was like 18 hours of pushing and I didn't cry at all. And finally the, the, the labor and delivery nurse said to me, you can cry. I'm like, what? Oh, because she said at that point, you need to do a C-section. And so she gave me permission. So that that's my journey of letting my emotions out and being very kind of steely. And I'm not inside. I'm very intuitive and, and that, but I have the thing of not wanting to show my emotions, but that's as we evolve and learn more about ourselves, that that is not, it's actually brave to let this stuff out and show your emotions. Yeah. I think that's probably a lot of people in their infertility journey is, you know, putting up that wall of protection, isn't it? You guard yourself. And if you feel like you allow yourself to break down or cry, you're like defeated or something. I know. Yeah, I, you're I, weak. I, you feel yeah. it's weak, but it's not. It's, it's, it's courageous to do that. And also a release to get it out. Yeah, exactly. It's still not my, it's still not my default. Like when I'm stressed, I become an asshole. <laughs> oh, I'm just Me swearing. too. I'm an yep. idiot. I, I'm like, oh, you're okay, Sarah. Obviously, you're stressed. You're swearing at people and yelling. Like, you need to go and do your quiet self care or whatever that is. Yeah, 100%. It's funny how all your subconscious beliefs and what has been put into you as a child comes out. 
<laughs> and you're like, why did I, why am I that way? Why, why can't I cry when it is very appropriate to cry right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I coach people that have had the same diagnosis as me and, and they, it takes them months and months to be able to even think of even looking at a path forward. It is extremely devastating to be told, you know, your own, you're not able to have your own biological children. Obviously with functional approach, we can, we can help some of people that have POF, not all people, but not everyone is destined for donor eggs. Exactly. How do you find the emotional journey, Emma? You're a very spiritual person by nature. Well, although I think this was a, just a whole nother level, right? I think, with, and, and I, as I always say that that kind of the fertility journey was boot camp, was boot camp for the soul, which, and I didn't expect it. And I, I think this is a fairly common story in terms of talking to other people. But I was an achiever until that point, you know, you face a problem, right? I'm going to solve it. I'm going to work really hard work really hard do things and then I will achieve things and this is something that doesn't work like that so there was a whole nother level of coping and a whole like this is primal stuff right desire to be a mum is so deep that I think again so that was like it's a whole nother level a whole nother magnitude of stuff so that is when I kind of went into the kind of a a bit of a manic place I think in terms of I will do anything and I will find anything and nothing was off no bets were off but in that kind of trying anything I think I was recognizing which I I kind of I'm thankful to myself for recognizing that I needed different sorts of support I needed bigger support structures, as in the universe and whoever else would listen to me, than I would I would normally do. The tendency in this kind of times is is to get smaller and and kind of and put up the defences and come in. Whereas actually, I think there's there's a lot to be said for being more expansive and drawing in from wider. Does that does that make sense in, in terms of what what's what's out there? So I think. Yes. So I, I think that the journey was a kind of enlightenment thing. And I, I kind of don't say that lightly. And again, we all say this, nobody would wish this on anyone because it is horrific and horrible. And it, But there are things that you can discover about yourself. And I think that emotional robustness and all those tools that you can access. And like we talked about this deep, your own intuition, your own strength, um, yeah, that was something that certainly it took me on a journey to that. Yeah, I think everyone here resonates with that. Like we have obviously we're here because of infertility and yep. we all got here in very different ways, but we all took that incredible hardship and made it into who we are today. Mm. You know, we took, you know, our inner strengths and it wasn't easy. <laughs> None of us can sit here and be like, yep. Thank God for that. I mean, it took us years, right? And we're still to this day working on ourselves and our path. And so it's not a quick and easy journey. You know, I think sometimes this whole, you know, emotional side and mental side of health gets kind of, you know, poo-pooed because everyone thinks it's woo-woo, right? Mm. You can't like see it. You can't, there's no magic formula for everyone. There's no right way. And so people are just like, oh, whatever, it doesn't work. And where the fact is, it's like a muscle. You got to use it and use it and use it and use it. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, holy shit, I can run two marathons now in my mind. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and, I, and I also think it's that it's that sense of the kind of the grittiness of it because I think quite often people feel it's about being positive I've got to be positive and that's the trick and it's like well no actually do you know what sometimes it might be about being really mm-hmm. raw and ugly crying that's actually what it might be um some days it might be the, the more about positivity and some days not and I, I think it we talk about and I know Robin talks a lot about fertility warriors it is that sense of the warrior and the strength of that and that means accessing all the emotions and um, yeah not just positive happy face actually the steely determination which we know you have to have on this journey all of that and Devin this is you know you're a fertility finance coach but mental health is what got you here today right you that is all what it's all about it's not about the physical money it's right. about the mental relationship tell us a little bit about your mental journey yeah, I think in the beginning, very similar to probably all of you in the, being an achiever and a type A, and you have a problem finding a solution and being really just Im- just immersing myself in what am I going to do about this? And I was okay with the doing, this plan didn't work, move on to the next one. And I remember the first time that the clinic called me, they, I had to call and report my negative pregnancy test. And a nurse called me about it. And I was walking into the grocery store. I remember the exact moment she said, I'm so sorry. And I realized that it was a sad thing. It was, it was sad to not be pregnant. It was sad to be trying and for it to be not working. And she sort of gave me permission to feel sad about it. And until then, it wasn't on my radar. And I would say I was still sort of just assuming it would work every month. So in that way, it's you in the beginning, especially, it's easier to pick yourself back up quickly. Yes, you're sad. It doesn't work. You're, you have your period and there's this grieving process, but then you instantly have this hope for the next month. And so I feel like the longer that the journey went on, obviously the less optimistic you become, the more money you have spent, the more time, energy, emotion has been invested. And it starts affecting every area of your life, your relationships, your work mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and all of the coping mechanisms that had got me to this point in my life were no longer working. Calling my mom didn't make me feel better. Hearing Bible verses at church didn't make me feel better. Talking to my best friend who didn't get it because she wasn't going through it didn't really make me feel better. My husband didn't get it. There, All of a sudden, I was just really feeling alone and I had no other coping mechanisms but to dig deeper than I had ever dug and discard everything in my life that wasn't working. And that's what infertility will do. It'll really shed light on all of the sort of the false coping mechanisms, Mm. (laughs) the things that aren't really going to help you long-term in your life. And it will force you to either turn on your blinders and pretend you don't see it and continue the patterns that aren't working or you will have to face it head on and do some major soul shifting. What was the first like epiphany for you? What was the first book or what was the what was the thing that got you like wow this money mindset is actually going to help me with my journey? Not so, just financially but mentally. Yeah, there was a lot of books that had nothing to do with money <laughs> that it started with. So after we the fourth IUI we did that was medicated worked and then uh, we lost the pregnancy and that was a big turning point for me It all of a sudden took on a whole another level of grief and I realized how much 
having a baby did mean to me and it wasn't this casual thing. And I was really grieving for the fact that I might never be a mother for this little being that I had loved already and was already, you know, I'd go through my app and I would read to it what it was doing that day, you know, like the cells that were changing and the magic that was happening. And I would lay in the bath with my hand on my tummy and imagine this little boy and how amazing it would be to have him go fishing with his dad. And, you know, it's not just the loss of a pregnancy. It's the loss of all of those plans and hopes and dreams you had for that baby. And I, the coping mechanisms weren't working and I could not shift. Anger is predominant for me. My default is anger because anger feels strong. Anger feels like I could do something about it powerful and it protects me and sadness feels so weak and pathetic and there's just nothing to do with it it's just going to consume you and you're never going to climb out of it and I really struggled with going there long enough to heal myself and uh, it was it was a gnarly place to be for a few months and I finally went and saw a counselor to work through it and that's where things started to shift for me in a positive way. I read a book, I still have it, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And it's about, it's a rabbi who wrote it, whose son was suffering from, with this disease that they, it was never going to get better. And it was really deeply questioning, why do terrible things happen in the world? Because that's what it made me more aware of. Like this was my own situation. But all of a sudden, when this is on your radar of how unfair this is, and that there's no sense of justice in the world, that this girl who's a total piece of trash from high school has six kids and I can't have one. You know, like these are the thoughts you have when you see these celebrities and they're having babies and you're like, that girl, like, but not me. And then all of a sudden you think, but what? look at everything else in the world that's going on. Why are there children in this country that are dying orphaned because their parents had AIDS? Like I literally, my mind would go to all of the unfairness in the world. And so- I needed a book that was actually literally questioning God. Why is this allowed? Why is this happening? I needed something that at the deepest level, I could analyze my beliefs and give myself answers. And eventually it became a choice of, do I choose for this suffering to have meaning or do I choose to let it make me bitter and sad forever? And that was the only choice I had because I couldn't choose anything else that was happening to me. 100%. I mean, you almost kind of get to this point where you don't want to feel that angry anymore, that you allow that sadness in. Maybe like Sarah resonates with this too. Like some part of our childhood, we were told that it was weak to be emotional or to cry. And so, you know, anger is the easiest emotion, but that, like you say, it's the strongest emotion, but I think it's the emotion that wears you down the most. And it's like a monkey on your back and you just can't get it off. And you get to this point and you're like, okay, that's it. I, I'll give in whatever you want, like whatever I need to do. I just don't want to feel this way anymore. And I don't want infertility to ruin my life. I have a beautiful husband. I have beautiful family. I have beautiful friends. Like, yes, it would suck not to have children, but I can have a beautiful life. So how am I going to get there? 
I think that is that anger is exhausting because you are constantly on guard. That is what it does in your body, isn't it? You are on high alert, kind of on a physical level. Anger is tiring, but it also is. And I totally resonate with that too, Devon, in terms of making a choice. I remember thinking, I want to look back because the dream for me was of this magical conception. Like say, my hippie soul wanted thunder and lightning and this beautiful conception and then this you know, then my child would be born under the starlights and all of that it would be amazing. That was my dream. And of course, ironically, it ended up completely the most medicated verse in the world, but it was amazing. But anyway, I remember thinking, I want to look back on this journey and tell a story that isn't about me being in a terrible place. And you have to work with yourself on what what feels right for you. But if that works for you to think, actually, what I'm doing in this moment is I'm trying to make the best of this moment so that I can look back on this journey and tell a story about it and a journey towards my baby that was of moving forward and of strength and of those kinds of things. That for me definitely was a driver in terms of I got to find magic in this. I have got to find things that are beautiful and special and all of those things and in a kind of I say in a kind of desperate way but also it helped to take me forward and like Devon said it was the thing I had a choice about I will take some kind of control of this journey there there is control here of something and that's what I can control I know because it is this uh, personal growth thing and for me it didn't like so there was obviously some personal growth during you know having to choose donor eggs and going that way but really like mine didn't come till years later so there's still like if you have not resolved a lot of this shit it just keeps coming up and up and all these patterns keep coming up and you know so for me it was like when I was 40 so 10 years after I had my kids and being able to look into those emotions and getting honest about you know seeing why why do I become an asshole when I'm when I met with something that that you know I immediately want to fix and solve and attack and being able to look at my reactions I, I do believe this is all about self-awareness about what it feels right for you and how, and to see how you're, you keep showing up in a certain way. Cause you'll keep doing it until you, you know, you come off that automatic pilot to be able to be aware. Like, oh, okay. I keep doing this. Keep beating myself self up. I keep getting angry. I'm, you know, I'm stuck in the, you know, the unfairness of things. I'm you know, wherever you are to kind of look at yourself and, and reflect. And I think it's important to remove the judgment. I feel like when you're talking about being angry and how exhausting that is and how terrible it feels to be angry. I hated being the friend that could not be happy for her friend. Like I hated the nasty, mean, jealous thoughts I had about the people in front of me at the grocery store. It feels icky because you know that's not who you are. And so I think that it's really important, like Sarah just said, to observe your thoughts, but to know that you are not your thoughts. So you are driving the car, you are not the car. You're the bartender, you're not the bar. Like you are inside observing thoughts, but you are not those thoughts. And it's okay just to verbalize it. I just had a thought about my pregnant sister-in-law that said, this bitch has a baby before me. And then to say, you know, wow, that was a really angry thought. That was a really jealous thought. You know, how do I feel about having that thought? And then you're able to let it go. You're able to observe it as an outsider because you are not that thought. You are not those emotions. And it's okay and natural. Everybody who goes through this and is honest with themselves will be able to say they're having a hard time in one way or another. Yeah, to get to that instead of reacting, responding. 
which is all well and good when you're in a thing that is triggering the crap out of you and you go immediately to reaction. The key is to be able to see yourself and maybe it's not until later, but to be like, oh, here I go again. In our community, it's really easy to kind of jump on other people who say things that aren't very kind to someone dealing with infertility. The whole just relax or have you tried this or go on vacation or it's really being aware that they have like no sense of your reality and not to let that anger or that hurtness like build up in you and attack them for something that they have like no clue about, right? Honestly, I've got someone in my life who has been there every step of my journey and will still say to this day, stupid shit. (laughs) I just like, but if I didn't have the awareness in myself of like, that's not anything to do with you. It's just that awareness, right? Of other people's reactions, other, other people getting pregnant, everything outside of what you're able to control or to observe about yourself is something that you have to work on. You know, I get all the time comments from people like, or I'll like say something on Instagram or TikTok about diet and like what fucked up your fertility, Uh, like kind of as a joke, but in all serious, you know, we all have something in our lives that we have eaten over and over and over or drank that has contributed to our health. And so therefore our infertility and people are like, oh, you're just making people feel bad about themselves. And I'm just like, look, I can't make you feel anything. If I can make you feel something, it would be empowerment, love, and control of your journey. It's definitely not guilt. And if you're feeling guilty because of a comment like that, that's something that you need to look into and explore why, why does that trigger me? I also think that we're, that we're obviously in, in doing on the fertility journey it's a, where it's a struggle, which has a beginning, middle, and end. But all of us, like the whole world, human, everyone's struggling. And when we get stuck in our own struggle, uh, we're not able to see that other people are struggling too, is to have that, em- that empathy. And so they may be saying things, but that's got nothing to even do with us. They may yeah. make a comment, but that's coming from their, their lens. But it's, it's hard, right? When those triggers, those are our buttons, and we want to be like freaking react, where it's like, how do we breathe? And then, wait a minute, that's my trigger. What's actually going on here? Which is all fine and dandy, right? It's, so it is a process, and it'll keep whacking you. Like for me, it's, it's that I always like to vision myself banging my head against the freaking wall going and getting so like angry and frustrated until I'm like, Oh, that's my trigger. That's just, okay. I don't need to bang my head against the wall. I can, I can ease into this going, Oh, Sarah, that came back from when someone said that years and years, whatever it was, whatever the hell, you know, sends me off. Then you get to, to, to see that and being able to then reframe it. But that, that positive thinking, that Pollyanna thing, you know, if, and some people when they're saying affirmations, they're like, I will be a mother. Like when they say that, you're like, I can't even say that affirmation. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, I can't even see that. And so it's maybe start with, you know, I'm strong. Maybe even that doesn't even feel right. Some of those rewiring takes a little bit of time, but it's to start, start somewhere. It takes a lot of time sometimes. Mm. I mean, lifetime. It's a lifetime, really. Like we're yeah. all a work in progress. Yeah. Whoever designed the subconscious mind is a real fucker. <laughs> like that's a piece of work there. But yeah, it is definitely so important for your mental and physical health to start recognizing these triggers, recognizing what triggers you, why it triggers you, and start digging deep. You know, a lot of the time, I, I would imagine all of us find this actually, is that when you get a client, 
you can almost instantly tell that they have a deep-seated issue that they have not resolved. And that's why they're sabotaging themselves either financially, physically, or mentally. And it's really hard not to go, come on, let's talk about what happened when you were 10 years old, because you know that's like the last step. Like you have to ease into those steps and then it's like your last call or your follow-up call with them. You're like, okay, you ready? You ready to go to, you know, place you don't want to go? I mean, I know I've been there and I like still in there working through some stuff, but um, it is weird to say because it's maybe not tangible, but a lot of the root of why you're having health issues lies in your self-sabotaging mental beliefs about yourself. You know, you drink the wine, you eat the crappy food, you don't go to bed early, you spend too much money, you live above your means. All those things are self-sabotaging. And unfortunately for us, we have the genetics that produce the infertility. Someone can be exactly like you and not be infertile. And that's the shit thing about it. Like you say, Devin, maybe you feel you're a better person than them. No, I certainly know for a fact that there are people I know that are, I'm a legit better person. But it, it is kidding. interesting with, with clients because like I'll keep, the clients keep mirroring my own shit to me. <laughs> I'll be telling them something and Sarah, you need to hear that too. So it keeps, it keeps mirroring and mirroring because they're coming to me because they see something in me that's in them. And then we end up as the coaching. I'm a few steps ahead of them, but I'm still a work in progress. And these things are for me to, to, to work on too. I'm finally, finally, after years and years, I'm reading Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. I don't know why it took me so long to read that book, but he's a, you know, a cellular microbiologist and like super freaking smart guy and talking about all our, how our emotions impact our body on a cellular level. Like this shit is proven in science. And, you know, we're taught to kind of look at some of these other modalities, energy medicine and acupuncture and things that have been around for thousands of years. It's quackery, but like we are, we're energetic beings. And this is, this is Emma's whole, whole realm, but it's, it, it's true. And to be able to see that and be able to use our mind to heal is freaking awesome. Well, to- I mean, I just think Sarah said it really beautifully. And I, I, I think that's coming back to this primal desire to be a mum and that, that you, you know, because you will feel this is all of you. This isn't just your mind. It's not just your heart. It's not just not a physical, it's the whole package. And so that's the invitation of the infertility journey, at which point someone's going to want to punch me in the face. But kind of that, that is the thing in terms, of, in terms of your whole self. It affects your whole self and bringing your whole self to it and being aware of your whole self, that can turn it around for you and can set you up for moving forward in a whole different way it truly can and so that is where you're at and you're kind of feeling all sorts of emotions that you haven't felt before or that you're feeling really uncomfortable with I totally resonates with with that anger and this is not the sort of person that I want to be but it maybe it's bringing up anger maybe you are a people pleaser usually and actually for the first time you're kind of actually just fuck off this is about me now not about you I'm gonna that may be a really useful part of your journey to go I am going to take time for myself now and I'm not going to listen to you anymore I've taken your advice for many many years but you don't know best anymore maybe that's part of the journey for you and that can bring that can be incredibly painful 
but it also can bring a strength and it can bring a new perspective on your life and your relationships, which I say may not always be welcome, but may take you to the new place that you need to be. There was a Closer Today clip on the podcast um, probably about a few months ago now from Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he talks about how even before egg meets sperm, how the mom and dad are emotionally feeling it has an effect on that egg and that sperm before they meet. And it, it blows my mind. It's just like, what? That's crazy. Like I got an IVF. Well, we, we all have IVF babies here. Like <laughs> I know how my husband was feeling. I know how I was feeling, but it's, it's just so hard. Like Devin, you say it all the time. It's not tangible. That stuff isn't tangible. So it's really hard to hold on and keep in the back of your mind when you're struggling to do the diet changes, to stick to, you know, your mental routines, to your yoga, to your, you know, your finances, any of that, to keep that belief that what you're doing now, you know, can have a super amazing positive impact that you'll never know about right? You will never know about all these little things. There's not a one-to-one ratio. There isn't a, I do this and then this happens the next day. It's this cumulative effect of all of the things together. And so I think the solution is your motive has to be different than fertility. So, um, you know, am I going to see a counselor because it will get me pregnant? No, I'm going to see a counselor because I fucking hate my life right now. And I can't stand feeling like this for one more day. And I have to do something. This is the only thing I can do. And so, you know, you might need to find a different motivation. Do you want to choose a happy ending to your story because it makes it worth it? No, you know, it wasn't worth it. It was awful. I would still choose to never have to do all of that again. Or, you know, like that's okay to not be looking for the silver lining. Do it because, uh, you know, that this is still your life and you have, that's the only thing you have a say in. And you refuse to stay feeling this way. And it turns out nobody's coming to save you. Nobody can make this better. Not one book, not your husband, not your best friend, not your parents, not the beliefs you were raised with. If you have not found yet what is pulling you out of this, just keep going. Just keep searching because it is a cumulative effect of all of the things you will learn and all of the new things you will adapt into your life. And it is you stepping into the best version of yourself. And I know it doesn't feel like that. It feels terrible. And like Emma was saying, it's really painful, Uh, but you don't learn anything on your good days. You know, the best, most sparkly, shiny, fun days where you're just winning all day long. You don't learn anything. You enjoy it, but it is those deep, dark, can't get out of bed, can't stop crying, want to punch a wall. It is those days that are strengthening your resolve and like the steel and the fire becoming who you're meant to be that will, these lessons will serve you forever and they will serve your future family. A hundred percent. So to wrap it up, wherever you're at your journey, I always think knowledge. For me, it's knowledge. Just keep learning and learning and learning. When you think you know it, read a different book and get a little bit more knowledge or a podcast. What's your go-to book that you would recommend someone read right now? You know, if we're still on lockdown, you know, this is coming out in the beginning of June. What is another book to pick up and help you through like any kind of mental aspect journey or even a book that you found helped you 
get through your mental journey because it had so much great information in it. I love Jen Sincero. You're a badass at making money is awesome, but she also has the one before that, that you are a badass and really the way, changing your beliefs, seeing a little practical with magical and introducing um, manifesting. It could be a real game changer and I would highly recommend it. I just actually finished reading both of those books. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously love swearing and a little bit of sassiness. So those books would absolutely hands down be right up your alley. <laughs> Sarah, what do you got for us? I have a fun, like a functional medicine one, which I love on anxiety, depression, mindset. Dr. Kelly Brogan, a mind of your own. She is fucking, she is a badass. She is like insane. So she's a MIT trained, Cornell University trained psychiatrist who moved to a functional side of things. So that's the functional side of things if you had anxiety, depression, and dealing with this for your whole life. One that I really like is Dr. John Kabat-Zinn. So wherever you go, there you are. I think that's the title. Anyway, he has a whole host of them. So he's the really the pioneer of, yeah, pioneer of mindfulness. And that book is awesome. Every, everything I'd read, I'm like, oh, it's relevant. Like each, it's like a tiny little chapters that are relevant to your everyday life. So John Cabot Zinn. Nice. And Emma, what do you have for us? This is such a hard question because <laughs> I love the books and to pick one, to pick one. But the, the one that comes into my mind, if you are in lockdown, I think in terms of wanting a kind of friend on board, I think that Jessica Hepburn, I'm just going to show it, writes so beautifully about her journey, 10, 10 rounds of IVF she went through and um, then and didn't become a mum at the end of that. But the pursuit of motherhood, in terms of just... And then 21 miles, I say, oh, no, I was trying to fit in too, wasn't I? But the pursuit of motherhood would probably be the one that takes you through her journey. And I just think that sense of all the feelings that you are feeling, they are normal. And I think that's what that book will tell you, that it kind of it is all totally normal. This is a very strange ride that you are on, and I'd recommend it. And the eloquence of her writing is just useful. So, yeah. For me, the book that, well, I've got two books that changed my life. It's 10% Happier by Dan Harris. He is the notorious, I think he was like an ABC reporter and like had a mental breakdown live on air. So he was like, okay, I better check myself. Yeah, he had a panic attack live on air. Although when you see it, you can't see him in his mind. He was reeling and it was done. But when you look at him, he just seems to pause. Yeah, interesting. So that one just really helped me get my head around that meditation didn't have to be this super hippie sit on a pillow kind of thing and just how life changing it could actually be. And then the power of slow, which I think we could all (laughs) use. It improved my golf game, if anything, but it really just helped me to slow the fuck down. That is still one of the hardest things that I have to do now. But the most powerful book I must say that I've ever read is Origins. And I don't know the author's name, but it is a book that talks about pregnancy and how the nine months is so important on physical and mental health. She goes in talking about how there's never going to be any proof or scientific study how stress affects the baby because it would be unethical to put a bunch of pregnant people through a shitload of stress. But she had this rare moment in time in Alaska where the power went out for like months and months and months. And so she was able to study a group of women that were pregnant and follow the kids' health to adulthood. And it is just super fascinating. And it really helped me in my deep, dark moments of just wanting to drink fucking red wine and eat a loaf of bread and not do meditation and not do yoga just to focus on the greater picture, the things that I cannot see, the things that even if I try to control aren't going to be 
set in stone, but that these things matter. If you're stuck in isolation still, or if you got a little bit of freedom and you still have some time on your hands, definitely check out one of those books. I am hands down believe that it will help you on your journey to better mental health during this pretty shit time you're going through. That is it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next week. You can find all the recommendations for the books and how to connect with all of these beautiful ladies down in the show notes. And we'll see you next Tuesday for another Closer to Date clip. Thank you once again for joining us here on Finding Fertility. If you would like to connect with any one of the beautiful women here on the talk show, The Fertility Connection, all their information is down in the show notes. If you are loving this podcast, please feel free to leave us a rating and review. Let us know how this podcast is helping you move through your fertility journey and what you want to hear more of. That's it for me today. Have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Tuesday for another Closer Today clip.